This is Stefan from Vancanto, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Running a do. How are you, my friend? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing all right. You guys are where? In Germany? Yeah, Germany. So what's, the, what's the world situation like over there? Are you allowed out yet or is it still locked down? Um, at least there's some progress, so it's getting better. Um, so numbers going going down and uh, vaccinations going up. So, uh, yeah, some progress here. Per personally, not so much has changed for me because I'm not yet uh, vaccinated and still have to wait a little bit. But I'm in my studio all the time making music anyway, so... Yeah, that's definitely a plus. You have nothing else to do except work like that, so... Yeah, and uh, especially for for producing an album, it was quite uh, quite nice to have a situation where you don't have any deadlines because there's no tour planned or anything, and you can right. just record the album. Yeah. So, were you at the helm producing to the power of eight? Yeah. So uh, we are sitting here in my in my uh, home studio, mm -hmm. uh, and. Uh, nah. I just wanted to show the other part, but it's not possible. Um, so the only um, thing where we really leave that studio is when we record drums. And luckily, when we recorded drums for this album in September last year, um, COVID took a small break here in Germany. So it was actually possible to, to enter oh. a, a studio. And then afterwards, it was just recording singer by singer, which was also allowed, uh, having single persons in your right. studio. So we managed quite well to get along with the situation, I guess. That's good. You could do it all in-house. So you do all the engineering and the producing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. And as soon as the drums are recorded, I can do everything at this desk. And only for the mastering, we again uh, take um, external, external ears who are not involved in the production. Right. But you could send that out, right? You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, but usually the um, actually going into the mastering studio for me is some something of a it's like a ritual to get the production ready. And this time I wasn't allowed, so I was not allowed to um, to join the session, and we had to do it remote as well. It was a little bit unromantic, but it was okay. So was it? Did it feel a little bit nervous, wondering what you were going to get because you weren't there? Oh no! I mean, we were still involved. The mixing, uh, the mastering engineer sent over all the immediate steps, so we could give feedback and anything. No, it was just like really leaving your home studio, going to the mastering studio, and knowing that at the end of the day you'll have the finished master in your hands. It's it's also a nice thing to have. And this time it was just not possible. But yeah, if this is the only problem you have in in uh, COVID, then you're a lucky yeah. man, I guess. Absolutely. So, did you find it? Or do you find it, this is your eighth record, I believe. So do you find it hard not writing the same record over and over again, like distancing yourself from the last one, doing something fresh and new? Yeah, so at, at least it is very important for us to not write the same album twice. Um, it does not feel hard as long as we get ideas, fresh inspiration on how the new album is different from the other ones. So for example, two albums ago where we had that Voices of Fire album with a lot of choirs, um, And then, of course, the last album with the lineup change also gives you instant inspiration because you have other singers. And this time it was the constellation with three lead singers at a time that held enough inspiration for me to really feel motivated to do that album for three lead singers. Okay. So recording this and writing this, I guess, during the pandemic, 
were you inspired differently? Does that make a, does that make sense? Did you get drawing inspiration from a different place? Mm, I think not so much because it was pandemic, but more about the fact that we uh, wrote for three lead singers. And usually I do not get inspiration for, the, for example, for the lyrics from everyday scenarios anyway. So it's more like these motivational kind of fantasy lyrics. And I think you, you can, just get inspiration for these kind of lyrics every day so it did not change so much uh, what did change of course is the um, the focus on recording the album and not having a tour in mind because the last seven albums we already had the tour planned when the album came out this time the album will come out and we all do not know when will be our next live gig so this definitely was different so in that along those same lines, and are you writing like with the stage in mind how the song is going to be performed and how the audience is going to react? Or do you write the songs just for the song's sake? Um, a little bit of both. At least when it comes to putting together a complete album, um, we, we have some focus on are there enough songs on it that really will work out live? Because there are always songs that are so detailed and more like feel more like a musical or something where we know, okay, this will be a great album song, but if we would perform it live, it would be too exhausting or anything like that. So it's a mixture. And especially for the covers, we, we take a look that um, these would be smash hits to perform on stage of course right that's that's definitely a thought behind it yeah okay and i know you said there let's stick with the songwriting for a second you said it's sort of motivational or that's where you draw your inspiration from is there a meaning or a message you want your fr your fans to take away from after listening to a van canto record yeah so basically the, the idea is that when you're finished uh, listening to a van canto song or record that you feel better than before, like a little bit like a hero. So you should not feel uh, better just because the album is over and you finally listen to, to, <laughs> right. to other music, but uh, know that you feel like in, inspired and pushed and uh, always have a little bit of uplifting, an uplifting spirit. Although it's, it's music um, related to, um, let's say, all the motives and topics in heavy metal, like there's also aggression in it and there's uh, power in it and there's volume in it, but still it should feel uh, in, in an uplifting way. That's our intention. So along those lines then too, have, I imagine there must have been stories or meetings with fans or something like that where people have said you've connected with them in a, in a way that affected their life. Do you have any of those kind of stories? Yeah, definitely. So um, we have some songs, especially the ballads, uh, that seem to be uh, connected to many funerals, actually. Oh, really? So, yeah, so we get a lot of mails where we were told that the last wish of somebody really was to listen to a specific Van Canto song or, or having a specific wow. Van Canto song played on a funeral. So this is... Uh, quite the toughest mails that you can get. But also on the other way, um, we have uh, emails uh, and messages from fans telling that they ha have been through a very hard time and that they had one particular song, for example, If I Die in Battle or our German one, Neuer Wind, uh, that really helped them to to uh, feel uplifted again and um, yeah, make their next move. And, and these kind of messages and feedback are very, very inspiring also for a songwriter. If you it wasn't meant to be that way. We did not write a song uh, where we hoped somebody would have to play it on a funeral, of course. That's right. not in the back. But if you get told this story, it's still it's still a great feedback because there's so much connected to 
our music that somebody asked for to having this song played on a funeral. It's, sure. It's, it's a great thing. Yeah, yeah you're, you become part of their life then. It's got to be super humbling as well, right? Because Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I mean, that's got to be the, I guess, like you said, you don't know, I mean, you're not setting out to do that, but when you connect, that's got to be tremendously yeah. powerful. Exactly. I think it's even better if you do not write songs with these kind of intentions, but you write songs because music comes out of your body and soul and then you get you you get told that your music has this impact on other sure. uh, people it's it's just it's just unbelievable and also sometimes what you're writing is not going to or what your initial meaning is not going to be how everyone else takes it right everyone else perceives it absolutely differently. so that's even kind of cool Yeah, totally. And I, I don't like uh, to explain too much about what what did you mean with that line or what did you want to achieve with that one? And I, I just uh, say it's up to the listener because everybody can take something out of it, especially in metal, because metal is very... Um, It's, it works with a lot of images and more with, with a general feeling than being too uh, on point with the message. We don't have any political message or something like that. It's really like painting these images in your in, in the listener's uh, mind and then he can decide uh, whatever he wants to take out of a song. Are you guys all writing together or is it more the efforts of you know one particular member of the band? Yeah, there's 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 not so much jamming like you would expect with a regular band sitting in the rehearsal room and just throwing ideas. But we we already wrote uh, several songs together where somebody had an idea for a verse and then somebody had a hey, uh, this could be a great chorus. Although in the latest album, To the Power of Eight, it was more the the effort of uh, me as the original songwriter to have. Um, The idea was we have three lead singers and to make it a album that still sounds consistent, it's better to have the songwriting a little bit more in one hand uh, instead of having three singers, five different songwriting styles, four different covers, and nobody right. would know what is this album about. Right. So this. Is there ever a point where you get in the same room and and sort of rip? I don't know how the vocal thing works. It's you know different than playing guitars and bass and whatever. But is there a point where you get in a room and I guess riff is the word? And bang things off each other? Not so much in this band. If if we do, then we actually do it like a regular band with guitars. So we have several guitar players in the band. And if we jam, uh, then we do it on guitar. And then we decide later that riff is cool. We could try to adapt it to a a cappella okay. arrangement, but it it really happens not so not so often. Most of the time, it's um, a secret, a private songwriting session, so to say, for one of the composers. And then everything just gets added on and placed in as you go. Exactly, and after 15 years and and eight albums, of course, we know where each singer has his sweet spot, so to say, and we know how we uh, can build the arrangements with with drums and the bass vocals and the guitar vocals. So it's it's also a lot of um, um, what's the English word? Uh, like w workmanship. So you know when when you did something several times, and yeah. we wrote like hundred songs. Then of course, some at some point you know what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I imagine after eight records and all that touring and all that stuff, you definitely can play off each other and know what's happening yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So obviously, there's no touring at the moment, but do you guys have anything planned or any festivals or anything? Yeah, it's so hard to it's so hard to plan. At a, at a certain point, we decided to um, release the album without any tour plans because if we really wait for the time where we can have dedicated and definitive plans, the album perhaps would feel so old to us that it doesn't make sense. So now it's just the album, 
And I think uh, the most realistic scenario would be that we start with festivals in next summer season, so still one year to go, yeah. and then take it from there. I'm not, I'm not the kind of uh, person who wants to make plans that have to be replanned like every week. I don't like that. Does Van Canto translate into the live stream at all, or is that not something that's possible? Yeah. Uh, it would be possible, but personally, I think it, it would not make so much sense because uh, the the effect of Van Canto Live is also that people are uh, surprised on how loud we actually are. So perhaps they um, expect something like bum, 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 and then it's really it's exactly as loud as a normal band. And in a live stream, you can't transport that because everybody can decide for his own how uh, how loud he listens to the live stream. And then perhaps it's rather compared to the album. And right. um, that's better for bands that I think live streams are great for bands that really uh, are able to recreate the full album sound right. in a live scenario like Dream Theater or something like that, progressive bands. But for uh, for us, it's really also about the effect of playing live to have that energy on stage and the interaction with the audience. And if if all that is gone, I don't see so much sense in a in a live stream. Okay, so just one more for you then. What's the uh, what's the plan going forward here? Obviously, the record's out or about to be out and then singles along the way. But are you writing new music because you've got all this downtime and you don't have anything scheduled for a year? Yeah, this, this is really a new situation for us as well. Um, I think what we learned is that also in the change in the music industry the last decade, let's say, it's not so helpful if you only think an album tour album um sequences but uh, that you constantly have something that you can share with your fans and for example before releasing the album we also did a, a cover of an old shanty uh, song the, the this wellerman cover and this this went quite well because it wasn't so much work for us like a full album but still it was something where we can tell the fans hey we're still here and hopefully we'll meet all of you again right. live and i think it will be something like that that we still put out new material even if it is not on an album This, this would be my take. I know I said it was the last question, but I'm sorry. But I think the whole, music, the whole music business has sort of shifted, right? Because there's no more releasing an album and doing that whole thing. Everyone's going to the one song a month or every six weeks or just to keep things relevant. And it's a whole different yeah. ballgame now. I, I think so too. Although the metal is still, uh, let's call it old school here. I think metal is still a music where you actually can release albums and then go on tour. But perhaps this will also only last for like five years or so. And if the if the next generation, so all the those who should go to concerts in ten years that are I don't know ten, eleven, or twelve years old these days, I think they will actually not get the concept of an album because they. They have Spotify and then they click a playlist or radio and then you listen to songs of a band and you think this is a great band. Let's listen to another song, but not like, oh, what's the opener of the album? And right. after the ballad, there is an up-tempo song. I think these kind of strategic thinking is not uh, so important anymore. So you, you touched right on it, though. I think there was a whole art in sequencing a record and like... And, yeah. and as a fan sitting and listening to it, you know, like how you imagined the record to be. And you're 100% right. My son is 19 and he just wants to listen to 30 seconds of one song, not even really giving it a chance and downloading one song. There's no such thing as. Yeah. And I think that's that's fine. I think it's it's also part of the development that like the elder generation, like we, we have to uh, complain about the youngers, of course. Right. Uh, And if at our time when we were teenagers, of course, we were used to albums. But if you go 
back in time, singles were actually yeah, already forty fives, right? Yeah, uh, or or when when Elvis or the Beatles they thought in singles, and after yeah. they released some singles, they just put them together and bundled them right. in an album. But it doesn't have to stay the same all the time. It's so exciting that new things happen, and it's also good that there are young people uh, that just want to do something different than the generation before. This is how metal was created, and this is the way it has to be. I guess you're 100 right, and that's how progress goes and whatever. But maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm still just rooted in. I like looking at the artwork, and I I want to read the liner notes and know where it was recorded and who played cello, all that kind of stuff. I I 100 feel the same, but I still know that we're just it's just because yeah. we're old. Let's right. face it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's all I've got, Stefan. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Stay safe. Hopefully, we'll see you on tour somewhere. Yeah, hope so too. All right, be well, my friend. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>